0: It's going to be a wild ride, so buckle yourselves in.
1: Welcome to smash the scottish nfl podcast this is episode 207 as we're looking back at week seven as all the great quarterbacks are now shite we all get stuck into all that and an awful lot more joining me to do so we have as ever i say as ever you weren't here last week paul and people celebrated but we've got you back this week you've left the theater just for this Indeed, I have to join the loudest introduction
2: to any podcast in the world anywhere. We've got so much to talk about. How bad were Tampa Bay? Are the Packers done? New Orleans managed to score 34 points in an upset. Amazon had a game that was actually half interesting. That and all the more, along with Gordon McGuinness and Ian Stephen.
1: Yes, and let's get straight stuck into, before we get to the awards, uh, a little look back at uh, an eventful weekend for people on this podcast, for people who listen to this podcast, for NFL fans in Scotland. Um, The even deeper than normal voiced E in Stephen. Is Hollis Thomas still in the country or did he manage to get out safely?
3: No, I escorted him. Uh, I escorted him to the check-in desk for Aer Lingus, and I put his uh, suitcase up on the the weighing machine, and it came to about twenty-five kilos. So the lady uh, took out a sticker, a big red sticker that said "heavy," and I said, "Are you going to stick that on Hollis?" And <laughs> uh, the wee checkout guy beside us just burst out peeing himself, laughing. <laughs> And I, I said to the guy, it's all right, I, I'm allowed to say that because it's all muscle, so I wasn't being mean. Uh, so Hollis is uh, hopefully safely uh, arriving back into Philadelphia tonight. He absolutely adored Scotland. He loved it, loved it over here. The guys, people all turned up to the the live events were absolutely superb. Uh, Treated Hollands with a lot of respect. They got a lot of respect back. They got a lot of hilarious anecdotes. He took a lot of time signing stuff. Um, He was brilliant. So guys like him help grow the game in in this country. Um, The fans that we have help grow the game in this country as well. So it was a a perfect uh, symbiotic relationship that we had. Do you know,
0: as well, the thing I was going to say that I thought Ian did a great job Organising it I know it had been like A couple of years Of trying to get it done With COVID And stuff like that The other thing With the fans that were there Like People coming up And just saying They really enjoy this podcast Including someone who came up No offence Paul And told us that The best episode we've ever done Was last week And it was just me Cameron and Ian <laughs> They weren't
2: far wrong. I listened to it in the car and actually managed to get right to the end of it without, you know, crashing on the (laughs) M8. So, well done, boys. You kept my interest.
1: Uh, But, listen, yeah, Ian, a huge amount of effort that you put into making this happen. The people who went along thoroughly enjoyed it. Loads of activity on social media. Great that Hollis had a great time. I really hope he didn't mishear you, though, when you promised him some airlingus at the end of the thing uh, and then he had to go on an Irish airline rather than anything else. So, you know, that Scottish accent could have got it all wrong. Um, Cameron, hang on a second. Tom Brady's just what...
2: Just punt it, Tom. No, just punt it. Don't... No, yeah, that's fine. Is he taking but, but, the
1: punting now? Is he taking gonna the punting? He's going to have...
2: <laughs> Well, well, he can't throw. let us I'd, I'd like to start with that Tampa Bay-Carolina game. And I think we've got to give Carolina a whole heap of credit. But unfortunately, the way that the sports media works, we're going to look at the bigger story, which was, of course, Tampa Bay being awful. What's the tone set by that early Mike Evans juggle in the middle of the field when he was absolutely wide open? You know, there was nobody near him. And it looked like a half-decent throw. And he just juggled it. And it just went downhill from there. I think, and it'd be interesting to get you guys' thoughts, that is one of the most surprising games
0: I've seen in the NFL in the last few years. They just completely tanked. I I didn't see any world where they win that game. The other, the other thing, though, and we'll talk about this when we talk about Belters, I hope, because I hope there's some nominations there. P.J. Walker was brilliant. I know he yeah. only threw for 177 yards, but he only threw the ball 22 times. He was phenomenal. Loads of really good passes. We we talked last week about how the way defenses are playing, you know, with more um, kind of cover two shells over the top that make it a little bit harder to throw the ball downfield. And he was just finding nice big throws all throughout the game. It was really impressive for a guy who, you know, was in the XFL not long ago to come out and play like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this week.
1: On this podcast, we've been guilty of trashing a few franchises, quite often with great reason. But it's been really fascinating for me, the franchises that have turned out performances this season. And you look at the Bears with, you know, quite a few wins there now. Um you look at the commanders and what they've done, and you look at the Panthers, you know, with even more so with McCaffrey leaving, and we'll come on to all that chat, I'm sure, at some point. But with McCaffrey leaving, you know, this is a a franchise in disarray. This is, you know, complete rebuild mode. Who else is going to leave Robbie Anderson the week before, you know, throwing his hissy fit so he can get traded away? Uh, And then suddenly they go out and put a performance like that against a divisional rival. And it's
0: impressive.
3: like Cameron, the way they sell the NFLs has been a quarterback league and it's the most important position in, in football. The, these results are showing you it's not as simple as that. They're winning despite the quarterback, not with the quarterback. Um, maybe you only get two or three really elite quarterbacks in the NFL that are superstars that can pull franchises with them. And the rest have to be a system quarterback that fits the NFL. I was sitting with Hollis and I was chatting with Hollis about, um, we're watching Jacoby Bissett. And I said, "There's a, am saying to him, there's a reason why he's still in the NFL. He doesn't look, he's not sexy as a quarterback. He doesn't look like the all the fancy tricks or as fast as Lamar Jackson. He just gets it done. And he'll, he knows his playbook. He knows where the players have to be. He doesn't make these stupid bonehead mistakes. And he's also um, relatively rugged. Um, he'll turn up and play. And it keeps, it keeps teams in games. And instead of having a guy like Mahomes or Allen that will win a game for you, it's maybe more prudent to have a quarterback that won't lose the game for you. So you're seeing quarterbacks like Carson Wentz is now... Out, will he get the job back from um Heineke? It is Heineke, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. And then um you see Matt Ryan, he's done now in Indianapolis because of the um the injury contract guarantees that he's got now. If he pl- if he gets injured before March twenty 20- 23, they have to pay him a uh, $12 million. So Jim Israe stepped in and said, no, pull him out, we'll play the backups. So it, it it's kind of, it goes against this narrative where you must have this elite superstar quarterback and it's maybe not. There's other players on the field that can affect the games. New York Giants, we've been ridiculing, da- ridiculing Daniel Jones for years and the rest of the team has stepped up. Saquon Barker looks absolutely immense. He looks like he's back to... Uh, the kind of player he was when he was drafted before he had his knee injury. So um, it, it goes to show you that you maybe can't believe everything that a marketer tells you and use your own eyes.
0: I don't. I th- so the only thing I'd say there, though, is that the one and two seed in the AFC this year are going to be the Bills and the Chiefs. Uh, the Chiefs maybe lose another couple of games and maybe whoever wins the AFC North, if it's the Ravens or the Bengals, sneaks the two seed, but I've got a hard time seeing it. At which point it's like, I I think you I think the interesting thing with your point is like take away those top two guys and is it worth paying Kyler Murray top five top ten quarterback money versus you know someone that you can pay less because one of the greatest advantages in the NFL right now is having a solid quarterback on a rookie deal and I think the Giants' decision on Daniel Jones is going to be interesting so they can they can't re-sign him or try and re-sign him now until the season ends anyway because didn't pick up his 50-year option. And it's going to be really interesting what they do. It's probably going to come down to what contract he commands. Like, he's probably not going to command 20 million a year. But if they could get him for another three years at 15 million a year, that's, that's maybe not a, bad, not a bad deal if they can build a, a good team around him, which is quite interesting because I still don't particularly rate him.
3: It, it comes down to... It it comes down to a, a player assessing the situation for him. Do I want to go to this franchise because I trust the coaching staff? Do I trust the medical staff? If you look at what happened in uh, the the chargers, do I trust the ownership? Or are they going to honor the contract? Do does my, my other half want to move there? Um instead of just chasing this big the biggest number deal possible, will it keep them playing the game. Do they love the game? Do they want to play or is it just I want a paycheck? Uh, these are all factors that will, are going to come into players like Daniel Jones, chilling Hurts he's, he's, he's only in a four year deal, his deal's coming up the same with Lamar as well. Um, we think that they think there's probably going to be a franchise tag involved there, possibly with the Ravens, but if they don't. And theres a <laughs> bid and war starting with him. Where does he go? Does he go? does he chase the money or does he look to become a legend and try and get a Super Bowl ring? Yeah.
2: So, can I start the Lamar Jackson for the Packers rumor, or has that started
1: already? <laughs> can you imagine? We're,
0: we're, we're, we should get. We should get Charles. Oh no, wait. Charles doesn't come on this podcast when his team are absolutely rubbish.
1: We've not, not seen him for weeks. I, I, no, he's
0: not even in the chat. Oh, the rugby. I, I, oh, the rugby league world. It, it doesn't top. even, oh, it can't, it, can't, it doesn't even follow. It doesn't
3: follow the NFL anymore. He's a rugby league. <laughs> I, no, I'm sorry,
2: I'm, I'm, I'm not having it, I've got to defend Charles, somebody's got to defend Charles, come on, the boy's working
0: I, I, hard I, can, I, can I actually just clarify, just so that everyone listening to this understands, someone <laughs> does not need to defend Charles, you're going to make the choice to defend him <laughs> I'm just nice like that, come on,
2: you you know I'm thrown and will always go against well, the majority, that's what I'm here for
1: I am particularly enjoying if we go back to our preseason predictions that Charles chose Chicago to get the number one overall pick. That's the Chicago Bears that have the exact same winning record as his Green Bay Packers through seven weeks of the NFL. So how's that working out for you, Chucky? Hey, right. Um, so uh, just for context, we should go through the rest of that because it's only fair. Paul, you also picked Chicago. I picked the Falcons. Gordon picked an absolute belter cuz he went for the New York Giants to have the number 1 pick overall. So, you've uh, you've, I'm gonna, done, I'm gonna, you've done done tremendous. I'm going to point out though,
0: I I picked the Giants to be a surprise Super Bowl team last year. I was just, Oh, great. And how know, did never, they do last year? Listen, listen, <laughs> listen. Never wrong just early. Okay, okay, so
4: uh, if, if,
0: if you could let us know some who's going to be the next
2: prime minister next year, I, who did game. I choose, Cameron? I I want to
4: <laughs> Don't skip me! I might have got
1: it right. Anyway, so uh, who did you pick, Ian? You picked the Seattle Seahawks, so you've also had a. But it comes down
2: to it, we we believe or we are sold on the stories coming out of training camp you know some teams do sell them better better than others i mean there's obviously turmoil in green bay there's obviously more problems in indianapolis than we suspected uh seattle are living the life without russell wilson i mean that was a good win again is is the headline how well seattle played or is the headline what the hell is happening to the chargers now I don't want to name names, but I was speaking to a former NFL player at the weekend and his suggestion was it's the coaching um, that's going wrong in LA. And he might not be far wrong. I think there's just some fascinating stories working out. you, You talk about the Giants. I thought the Giants should have lost. I think Jacksonville blew that game. Terrible coaching from Jacksonville. So there's some weird stuff going on in the league this year.
1: Oh, the Giants Seahawks game and this is about for preview looking ahead to week 8 that's coming up that's a fascinating game now um but listen let's do the let's do the awards right because we before we move on, because I think there's lots to talk about. Uh, and I'm going to start with the the bouffin this week in and a step reversal, right? So we talked already about Mark Andrews. And Mark and, uh, not Mark Andrews, Mike Evans. Mike Evans got our nomination from David Dryborough, who says, you know, one of the worst drops you'll ever seen all season. Looked to be a certain touchdown early in the game for the Bucs, which may have changed the course of the game. Of course, could have, but there it is. Loads of nominations for Tom Brady. Uh, Darren Barry says, looks like old father time has finally caught to TB12. Tough for a guy who set the benchmark of the modern day footballer. He's really struggling out there. Uh, if he was a cart horse, he'd be glue already. And we're not even halfway through the season. Um, Paddy Kelly says he should be sunning himself on a beach, kissing his son on the lips, not getting his arse Andy to him, by who were considered by most as an absolute horror franchise. What he did... Sorry, what did he have to prove this season? Call it a day and go and beg your wife to take you back, tarnishing that goat legacy with Rodgers not far behind. And David Love simply says, Tom Brady, he sucks. Ha, 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 ha. The Buccaneers get uh, nominations themselves. Stephen Briggs, Long Callaghan, both give them, because not just on Brady, obviously Mike Evans. There's a bunch of
3: other stuff there as well. Um... Well, the, the, also with the Tampa Bay, uh, Mike Evans uh, apparently signing autographs for the officials and then saying, I did sign something, but it wasn't an autograph. So what, what was it? Was it a
0: receipt? The NFL's official story is that uh, they both went to Texas A&M. So Mike Evans was giving him his phone number for some sort of fundraiser. That's the, it's the official line that they are going with.
3: Mm. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to do that on the field. <laughs> Or just after a game. Maybe through official channels. I'm pretty sure you're not allowed to ask a referee or a referee to say, hey, what's your phone number? And he gives it to them. No. Doesn't work like that. Um, there's some other nominations. Oh, Unless in- it's romantic. If it's romantic, I, I think that's yeah.
1: fine. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, other nominations in here. Aaron Rodgers gets, surprisingly, as far as I could see, only one, he gets one and a half, but he only gets one person that is nominated him. Brian Morris says, not a single third-in conversion from the reigning two-time MVP. He naturally reverted to shouting at everyone that wasn't him as a result, but the immunized QB of the Packers just doesn't have the minerals so far this season. Um,
3: Listen, is there, is there an age cutoff in the NFL now for quarterbacks? Is there any quarterbacks over the age 33, 34, they're performing. Is is it maybe Kirk Curzins, the oldest, the oldest good quarterback now in the league? I I, I
0: think we're making too much out of Brady and Rodgers because I think it's just the trend in the NFL. We talked about it last week. <laughs> like the way the way defenses are playing, are forcing forcing quarterbacks to have to take a lot of kind of underneath stuff, and it's just. That's it's what Brady's.
3: Not... That's what Brady's good at, though. Brady was always but, good. At but the... But like his season stats, though, like
0: two thousand, just what nineteen hundred yards, which is sixth in the NFL. Eight touchdowns, one interception. Okay, he's low on touchdowns, but two touchdowns would put him in the top ten. Like it's just a doubt. Like quarterbacks this year in terms of touchdowns, Mahomes on twenty, Josh Allen seventeen, Joe Burrow's fifteen. Lamar Jackson's 13, despite the fact he's thrown three in the last four weeks. Justin Herbert's 12. And then there's a couple of guys at 11. Rogers' in there as well. Like, it's just not a year for throwing the ball particularly well, unless you are Mahomes or Josh Allen.
1: Um, Nominations wise, there's only a couple others, to be perfectly honest. This Uh, Keir Beaton gives his to Mark Andrews. Zero receptions for zero yards after how brilliant he's been thus far this season was questionable all last week as to whether or not he'd play. Did play in the end, but barely, fe- but barely featured. And to cap it all off, it was national tight end day. Brutal showing from him and potentially management to rush him to play instead of rehabbing any injuries he may have had. It did
0: have a wonderful pitch, though. Of wonderful play- pitch. Pitch, yeah, uh, pitch yeah. yeah. The little play where he lined up at Lined up for a tight end sneak And it resulted in a quarterback toss instead
3: Brilliant Listen, there might be something in Andrew's contract That says he has to line up for X amount of snaps To get X amount of bonus So... You'd maybe have to look into that. It could be a, a situation of Andrews wanting to play rather than the coaches forcing him to play. It could be slightly unkind. And he clearly has him on his fantasy team and is upset that he got zero <laughs> points. That's
0: that's <laughs> definitely the, the, amount, the amount of people whose their primary reason for being upset with players on a weekly basis on those Bowfin Awards are, oh, you only got me five points in fantasy this week. And I say that because I'm someone who won all three of my fantasy games this week after having a horrible start to the year.
1: I lost all four of my games this week. We'll not talk about fantasy anymore. Thank you very much. Ross Sterling gives his nomination to NFL officials uh, for the continued calling of the tickling the passer penalties, another one this week in the Giants-Jags game. And the low block call on McKinnon if Bosa negating a Juju touchdown. Seems like there are mistakes and noticeable ones week in week out. That McKinnon one was the right call, though, right? You, that, you can't block down like that.
0: I I thought the one in the Jaguars game was the right call as well. Paul Paul didn't like that in our chat, but no, soft. He hit him in the head. If it's the one I'm thinking of, hit him in the head. That's the rules. No, there was one where I mean he's,
2: he almost brushed his chest. I mean there wasn't much in it. Um, I, I you know I'm all for protecting players. But it's also a skill to get through and melt a quarterback, you know. And I think at the moment, the protection is far too much on the quarterback. You don't want to get hit, get rid of the damn ball. And, you know, we're seeing quarterbacks holding on for too
3: long at times. But so, you Do know. you mean do you mean they, they get rid of the entire concept of having after <laughs> in the NFL? Or do you just mean no. you throw the ball quickly?
2: No, I mean throw the ball I mean not, not like Cameron last week, who we had to convince that yards gained by a wide receiver <clears throat> it was the whole point of the wide receiver. And that's not the whole point. It's not the whole point. It's maybe more of a point than more I was of a alluding point to. You to. were giving it credit to. No, I I just think look, you know you you need to even up both sides of the ball, uh, and I think at the moment some, some of the calls, yeah, are they technically correct? Probably, but you look at them and you just they look and feel look and feel wrong. I mean, if you want ball bag, uh, you know, Bowfin Awards, the, the Jags coaching staff. Um, I think just blew that game. I don't think they were particularly great. Um,
3: yeah, but Paul. Paul. Paul would you like? Would you like an avenue, uh, 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 an opportunity, uh, uh, a wherewithal to actually remonstrate with the head of officiating <laughs> for the NFL? <laughs> Do you, because I, I think I've got a conduit that, that, that could help. Um, <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. you, you're, <laughs> a, you're a man who knows people, Ian, and, and for that I respect.
3: No, it's, it's, listen, I, I, that, that's half in jest because um, the second in charge of the, the NFL, effectively at the moment, is Troy Vincent. He was the one that made the statement about backing the officials and their decisions. But Troy, Troy Vincent's very good friends with Hollis Thomas, and Hollis said uh, as soon as he made that statement, he was straight on... Mm. Straight on a WhatsApp message, you're taking the mickey out of him for that that comment because he knew what Troy Vincent was like as a player. Troy Vincent liked to hit as a cornerback, but and this is more importantly, um, I was mentioning to Hollis that we've got fantastic venues in Scotland. We've got fantastic love for the NFL. We're desperate to host a game, and Hollis just went, "Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll message Troy and see what I can do." As a pardon. (laughs) So, yeah, 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 I'll message Troy and I'll I'll see if we can get the NFL over at Scotland. I'm like, well, that'd be very, very kind if you could. (laughs) So, so am I calling the game beside Gordon? We'll have
2: Cameron down pitch side for us as one of our sideline reporters. Yeah, it could work. Good work.
3: Just make sure you don't get me operating the scoreboard. (laughs) (laughs) No, the down markers. Uh, Patterson and Borthwick with
1: the t shirt cannons and we'll be fine. (laughs)
3: <clears throat> um, I caught one of them I caught one That's my claim to flame At the NFL. Cannon One uh, of the cannons yeah, Or the t-shirts uh, uh, the, the t-shirts my, my mate was standing With two pints uh, One in each hand And it was going Straight for his face And uh, I just One handed Right in front of his face Caught it And I was like ah, I got a t-shirt And I looked at it Medium <laughs> 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 like, uh, there's a girl, behind, there was a girl <laughs> behind me would you like this t-shirt and she thought I was like the nicest man on the planet not realising that there's no hope in hell of me ever getting into a medium so <laughs> but yeah one hand one hand Odell Beckham would have been proud of it Put right in my mate's face you could see his, his eyes were that side thinking this, it's going to smack him straight in the face <laughs> who's our well it's not Ian but
1: who's our bowfin winner this week We've got to pick one. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett's another one. Got a couple of nominations. Can't skip him. John Blair says, he can't multitask. Head coach and play calling is not for him. He needs to quit one or both.
0: There is there is one very clear answer here. And Cameron, you shared this
3: in our group chat earlier. Is that a picture of that girl doing that thing?
0: <laughs> Moving <laughs> swiftly on. Uh, i I'll, I'll go speak to our lawyers. See, see just
3: sorry, just to clarify, there is absolutely no smut whatsoever. <laughs> it's, it's just football and maybe slight probing at Scottish football. There is no <laughs> ladies. <laughs> no, <in laughs> the just
0: and the, occasion, the occasional dig at Paul. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so on the Pat McAfee show, Rogers said that his quarterback coach Tom Clements gave Rodgers his highest single game grade yet this season in Sunday's loss against the Commanders. I don't think Rogers is playing completely terribly. They're clearly struggling and he's clearly not playing as good as he previously had. Just show a wee bit of humility there, son.
3: Maybe yeah. just this is this is a serious question for the, the three of you, but do you think the Green Bay Packers teammates like Aaron Rodgers?
0: I honestly don't have a clue. It's similar to the like the Russell Wilson stuff, that a lot of stuff's come out this year that the other players didn't like him. It's,
2: it never comes I, out w- when you're winning, is it? it it's no. only when you're losing. So, d- does it matter? No, it doesn't. It, not when you're not when you're winning. When you're losing, you're always going to get stories coming out the locker room about guys not liking, you know, X, Y, and i so I'll always just take them with a a little pinch of of salt. It, it, it just it just happens. If Rogers goes out next week and you know throws five, six touchdown passes, they'll love him again.
1: That's just the way it goes. Who gets your bowfin then? So we've got one for Rogers.
3: Ian? Paul. I mean, Evans, I, Evans, Evans get he's there for two different things. It's got to go for him, surely. One yeah, for I, Evans.
0: I think it's hard to blame him for the whatever was signed or written down. Like the referee came up and asked him. I think that's bowfin' on the official rather than him.
1: Well, we'll just give it to the box Because I think if you two are going Evans, I think by giving it to the box in general, you you tag Brady. In that mix, that was stinkingly bad. Like there was nothing going for them all day. It was so poor. I agree with Rogers that that comment is Bob Baggery, and but I think Boughfin is that
3: Buccaneers performance.
1: So. Fine. Good. Executive well, decision made.
3: Congratulations, Buccaneers! You now have an eight-game winning streak coming up, thanks to <laughs> our our analysis. There
0: was there was a reason why I wasn't willing to say the Bucks for mine as, as well. I'm not jinxing that ahead of Thursday.
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna know how that's going to go? Now. <laughs> okay, on to our belter. So our Loch man belter of the week. Um, a few different nominations here. I'll go through them. Brees Hall gets a couple. Peter Coyne says, because of his performances in recent weeks have been amazing, and we've all been denied what was looking to be a potential rookie of the year season. Brian Dable gets one from Chris McKay. This is turning into a weekly nomination for him, already guaranteed the Coach of the Year award, another master plan executed against the Jags. Darren Barry gives his to the Carolina Panthers. They should fire their head coach and trade two of their best players every week if that's going to be the results afterwards. Great to watch. And now they're not a one-trick pony with CMC away. Ross Sterling gives it to the Chiefs wide receivers. Touchdowns for Hardman, Hardman, Juju, Valdez Scantling and Watson, Juju and MVS over 100 yards each. Hardman throwing in two rushing touchdowns to go with his passing touchdown and Watson throwing a little cherry on the cake with a touchdown too. The weapons are heating up in Kansas City as this was one of the top-ranked Ds and Pat was kept clean to hit these guys when he wanted. We'll come on to that. It's an absolutely shocking D. Uh, Green Bay gets one from Paul O'Shea. Probably not in the spirit of the award, but I love how bad they are when they were practically crowned as guaranteed NFC North champions during the summer by just about everyone. Rhys Newins gives it to Ian, Stephen, Gordon McGuinness and Hollis Thomas. Three belters right there put on a good night with some quality chat and sport. Hopefully it's the first of many events. Several nominations then came in for Joe Burrow, Brian Morris, Gary May, David Dryborough, Mark McHugh and Kenny Law to name a few. There's many, many more. Um, You know, three touchdown passes, rushing touchdown, 481 yards. Passing, Joe Burr is back. Josh Jacobs gets a couple. Alan Morton says 20 carries, 143 yards, three touchdowns. fees the Texans. Uh, in a contract year, he is starting to gain momentum. Third consecutive game with over 100 yards, six touchdowns in the last three. Then David Old gives it to the New York Jets, moving the ball, getting results, even though they are midway through their rebuild stage. Uh, Patrick Mahomes gets a couple, obviously 44 points against one of the best defenses in the league, throwing for over 400 yards and three touchdowns. San Francisco gets one from Patrick Watson. When building the roster, a lot comes down to players fitting the scheme. So fair play to the Niners for going out and getting Christian McCaffrey, who has someone who has injury problems fairly regularly will fit perfectly into the 49ers offense. I feel like that was a cheap shot but thank you for your input Patrick. And then finally Stephen Glenn, uh, Stephen lynn gives it to the New York Giants um the most enjoyable team to watch in football right now, the NFC least has definitely moved into the best division in football as it stands. I, actually there's one more apologies. Joe Stephen gives it for, and I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. Noah Egbino Hay. Gordon,
0: almost definitely wrong. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't even know the proper pronunciation myself. I just, I'm relatively confident that's wrong.
1: Yes, I'm uh, pretty confident it's wrong as well. Did it, be, did, it,
0: did no one in those nominations nominate P. J. Walker?
1: Nobody, not one. One nomination for the Panthers as a whole. But not Walker specifically. I, th- I thought, I thought he was good. To so be, um, he was good. But to be fair, I can understand the the whole piece because I thought they were all good. They were great across yeah. the board, right? You know, Hubbard and Foreman came in and showed that actually they could continue to run the ball without McCaffrey. Um, so, uh, it's
0: hard. It's hard to believe that running the ball maybe actually doesn't have as much to do with running backs as people often harp on about.
1: Yeah, indeed. It's down to good play calling and schemes. <laughs> So, who gets our Belter of the Week? Incidentally, uh, Paul Mitchell has exited the podcast. He came in just to dump a bucket of scorn and off he's popped. We're talking about positive stuff, so this isn't for him. Um, Ian, Gordon? I'd, I'd go PJ Walker.
3: I think a bucket of scorn sounds like a Scandinavian disinfectant.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um,
0: you're still you're still to deliver your, uh, your Belter, Ian.
3: After that, um, listen, God makes a good argument for P.J. Walker. Joe Burrow was great. The two wide receivers at Cincinnati were fantastic as well. Kenneth Walker, though, kind of like Kenneth Walker's performance. I I think Kenneth Walker will def will
1: definitely going to be in team of the week. I'd imagine. Um, so it's an interesting one. I mean. Joe Burrow I've, I've, did yeah, really well,
3: right? Cincinnati offense, I think. Cincinnati offense were great. Um, Burrow was really good. As a unit, they were they were fantastic. Um is it were the Atlanta defense the toughest they could ever face? I don't know, but you've got to, you've got to execute against whoever you're facing, and they did well.
1: Atlanta have shown themselves to be no mugs this year. Like they're not as bad as I think anybody thought they were going to be. So it's... I thought
3: I, mean, I thought they were going to be good, but um I felt that was because it was a weak division. Um, I, do like I, their, I do like their uniforms, though. I love it when they go back to the red helmets. I think that looks really cool. Yes.
1: Okay, right, fine, decision made. Let's raise the glass, because congratulations to Joe Burrow. You are the Loch Lomond Belter of the week. And who, uh, do we pick the winner yet, or do we wait till the end? Uh, let's do it now. Why not? Because I'll probably forget and then I'll yeah. pick myself. So, um, Ian, I'll let you, because you've suggested it, I'll let you pick. Number between one and 41. Um, Let's go 32. 32. Congratulations to John Blair. You have won a bottle of Loch Lomond Stramash whiskey and two tumblers that will be making their way out to you very, very
3: soon. And let's, let's be very, very clear. This is Stramash Local loban Whiskey that's been rated 10 out of 10 by whiskey connoisseur and recent whiskey historic expert, Hollis Thomas. <laughs> uh, so... It's an excellent bottle of whiskey that you're getting. And it can also, if people keep missing out and they're upset, it can be purchased. You can buy it. It makes a fantastic Christmas gift. If you get Secret Santa for somebody and they like the NFL, it makes a fantastic uh, purchase. Or even for yourself. If you think to if you think to yourself, are my team making the playoffs? What can I toast it with? Then it would be the perfect um, um, lubricant to celebrate your team's success or drown your sorrows.
1: Indeed. Mm. Indeed. An excellent pitch all round. So okay. yes, keep keep tuning to our social media channels. We will be plugging that whiskey good and hard in the build-up to the festive season. So plugging and sugar. For that. plugging and sugar. <laughs> yes, that's that's the name of the podcast episode. <laughs> right. Team of the week. I am potentially gonna go against the grain here. Because I do feel like there was a really good shout there for PG Walker.
0: Well, and I unfor- wonder whether unfortunately, unfortunately, you can't though, because you made the rules here. Oh, so fine. You've made your bed. Now you need to lie in
1: it. So Burrow, <laughs> <laughs> despite the fact he's undeserving,
0: <laughs> is also the quarterback. So now we move on. Wide receivers. So Cameron, which wide receivers that got less than 35 yards do you want to put in team of the week this week?
1: Ah, <sighs> whatever. Right. Um well, let's 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 do running back. Actually, we we'll always do offensive line first. Let's get the offensive line out of the way. Which offensive line is uh, Joe Burrow playing behind this week?
3: Oh, but they, they gave up three sacks. I don't know if I don't know if you can nominate the Cincinnati Bengals um, for that particular award.
0: What about Seattle or the Raiders? Both both of them, I thought ran the ball really well.
1: Kansas City did a very good job at stopping San Francisco um, all day long as well. Like Mahomes really didn't look under pressure. I uh, see was a great shout. They they created a lot of opportunity for Walker.
3: The, the, what about the Raiders? Yeah, the Raiders only gave up one sack and seven seven yard average for Josh Jacobs. Josh Jacobs uh, eight. Yeah, fine. I, I almost feel like
1: there's a great argument for Walker and Jacobs in the running back. And I think there's an argument for Seattle and the Raiders in the offensive line. So let's mix it up, right? So let's give one to one and one to Um, t'other. So who who do we care more about getting into the team of the week from the running back position? Kenneth Walker or Josh Jacobs?
0: Uh, I... I think the Raiders offensive line was better. So I would go Kenneth Walker, Raiders O line.
1: Do you have any objection to that, Ian? No, not bad. I I think it's fair. Like, Kenneth Walker has done absolutely brilliant. And what a, a, a great pickup by Seattle. I think that's, you know, you could see obviously the guy was tipped for a potential Heisman Trophy winner. Like, he's clearly a class player. He was Michigan State's only viable offensive weapon in college. He was brilliant to watch. I'm not surprised in the slice. He's doing very, very well in the NFL. Um, obviously he may not have seen as much action, but for the injury, but he's, he's taking his chance and good luck to him. I, I saw some sassy Seahawks uh, or one particular Seahawk uh, Twitter comment on the fact that they'd done brilliantly to draft a uh running back without having to spend a bunch of picks on him. This coming from the same franchise that gave two first round picks for Jamal Adams. So do you know it's, what, up, uh, mate? People in crit- glass houses, glass crit- houses.
0: Criticism for this McCaffrey trace has absolutely fucking rattled you, hasn't <laughs> it?
1: I'm just giddy with excitement. We'll come to it. because uh, we haven't talked about it because there's other trades. Um fine offensive line, the Las Vegas Raiders. We have got Joe Burrow, who is handing off to Kenneth Walker. And then he's got a bunch of receivers. And let's be honest, (laughs) we are probably looking at two of his wide receivers anyway. Um, Tyler Boyd, what a game he had. Jamar Chase, brilliant. Juju Smith-Schuster, clearly, I think, now coming out as the number one receiver in Kansas City after Travis Kelsey. Who else, though, comes into the conversation for wide receiver?
0: I thought, I thought Hopkins was really good on Thursday night. Given he's not played, sp- yeah. Yeah, first game back, I thought he looked pretty good, but it's it's tough to see. It's tough to see beyond those first three.
1: It is. Um Chris Olave had a very, very good game as well. The only person that we potentially put in here, and I don't know if this would be allowed, would be Austin Eckler, because of his dual purpose performance.
3: So He's well, Mar- thin- Marquez Valdez Scandling, he had a good game.
0: Also, also, we need to acknowledge that Cameron is doing this for a reason. If what he's doing is he's setting the stage now for how he can squeeze in McCaffrey
1: into Team of the Week <laughs> later in the year. with
0: Oh, fine. By- oh, he's not. He's not the best running back, but maybe we put him in as a receiver this week.
1: I will walk away from that statement as early as I have said it because that is a fair point that I can see coming back in my general direction. So, fine. Um, I, I mean, yeah, who are we putting in? It could, it's really the top four. Yeah, Boyd, Boy Boy Chase, Schuster. Yeah, I think so. By, Pilot Boyd, Jabar Chase, Juju Smith, Schuster.
3: The only position we've yet to fill is tight end. Oh, you, this is interesting. You, Kelsey and Kittle with near enough identical performances this week, they, even down to yard average. The only thing that separates them is Kittle's touchdown. touchdown. Thing. Yeah. So
0: the the only thing I'll say, and the reason why I would pick Kelsey, is Kelsey broke four tackles this week. He had that ridiculous hurdle down the sideline. It just he, he just like runs over people. So I would uh, I think we had him last week. I think it's a little bit boring, but.
1: I'd go Kelsey again. So I'm clearly going to go Kittle because of the touchdown. Uh, no reason other than that.
0: <laughs> cle- cle- I'm clearly going to pick the Homer pick for a reason that's not actually that.
3: I, yeah, uh, I've I've got to go with Kittle because he doesn't need to break tackles because he's just that fast. He just runs away from everyone. So it's a it's a misleading stat. uh Gordon. <laughs> there you go. George Kittle is the tight end. Uh, what a team!
1: Oof! What a team! It's going places. It's going places. On to week eight then. And before we do this, let's give some credit to the WinFL guys. Because last week, they predicted that the Commanders would beat the Packers. You rightly shouted, what an upset, Ian, and what an upset it was indeed. So credit where it's due. Let's hear what their pick is this week.
4: Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. I'm Ian McKinnon and I am joined by Dave Somerville. How are you, Dave? I'm very well. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Good stuff. Now, um, before we get any further, I think we should point out that uh, last week you had picked the uh, Washington Commanders to defeat the Green Bay Packers. We did. Uh, We did. And the week before that, you had picked the New York Giants to defeat the Green Bay Packers. I think we picked the Jets, oh, picked sorry, the jets. Sorry, sorry, I beg your pardon Was it the jets? we picked the Jets yes so, but um, how did that go yeah you've been right two on the bounds. so um, Dave I think what we're going to do in order to find out which game we're going to be right about this week we'll send it on over to our man in the field Callum Blaine and he should be there uh, can you hear us Callum
5: Yes, loud and clear, I am here in the Luxor Hotel and Casino. I'm just waiting for Elvis to finish off his set. The two week running correct predictions for the upset of the week in the NFL. Ah, here he comes now. Mr. Presley, Mr. Presley, have a quick word. People are dying to know where their money should go for the upset of the week in the
4: NFL. Oh, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's all rock and roll, man. You know, like my mommy sent Tupelo and you know, Graceland, like Grace Lanyard, you know, just taking care of business, man, 110%. percent uh, The really important, big lessons, you know, and I try not to try to you know, hurt my family. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, in the
1: ghetto. Thank you very much. Oh, bold claims from Mr.
5: Presley. It's going to be the Arizona Cardinals over the Minnesota Vikings. Back to you guys in the studio.
4: Well, there you go, Dave. The Cardinals over the Vikings. I mean, what do you think of this one? What do the Cards need to do to be able to pull off this upset?
5: Well, first of all, the Cards need to destroy the Vikings streak because the Vikings are on a four-game win streak uh, and they're just coming off the back of beating the Dolphins 24-16. So um, I think the Cards now have the weapons that are really going to kickstart their season, sadly for me as a Rams fan. But I think the Cards are going to bounce on. They scored 42 points against the Saints. They, they haven't been great the last few weeks before that, but I think they are now on the right course. And I think the Vikings are just good. They're, the Vikings usually do just enough. This time, I don't think so. I think the Cardinals are going to come out. Calamari's finally going to have a decent game. And, you know, um, some of the things that they have to do. Cardinals need to be a bit more um steady on off on defense. Um they need to be able to stop the run with the Vikings. They need to just put a little bit of pressure on Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins under pressure we all know is not great. He's more like Captain Kirk than Kirk Cousins. So
4: that's throwing shade at Captain Kirk there. Come on.
5: Well, 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 I mean we we don't I, I don't like Kirk Cousins. I I, th- I think he's one of the most overrated mediocre quarterbacks in the league, but I think that but Kyler as well. At the same time, the what the Vikings need to do to actually beat uh, the Cardinals, they need to have their defensive line wide against the offensive line to keep Kyler in the pocket because I think that is where he is. He pretty much fails when he is not allowed to run about like a kind of a, a toddler on a sugar high. That's pretty much when he is struggling in the game. So uh, the Vikings need to stop Kyler. Pretty much that the Cardinals just need to stop the run game and to put pressure on Kirk Cousins. But apart from that, yeah, let's go Vikings. (laughs) I'm a Rams fan, but I think the Cards are going to bounce back against the Vikings.
4: So you're reckoning the Cardinals are going to beat the Vikings? So there we go. That's our upset of the week. We're going to hand it back over to the guys at the Stramash Podcast.
1: Okay, on to week eight. And our opinion... um... What games are you looking forward to the most? I mean, uh, we're served up yet another belter in London as Rippon's Broncos come up against Lawrence's Jags. Oof.
0: So it looks like a good game. I'm sure I'm Sure, it'll be a great day out. I know Paul's looking forward to eating his prawn sandwiches and hospitality. <laughs> I, look, this, this week looks on paper better than last week did. Yeah. I think Thursday night Ravens Bucks. I don't. I, I'm I'm picking the Bucks to win it. And you know I don't think the Ravens have looked particularly good this year. And I think you get an angry Bucks team, short week at home. I think they win that. But good game. Broncos Jaguars. At least it's at Wembley, so it adds something to that game. Uh, you know, Atlanta trying to keep themselves in the NFC hunt against the the Panthers. Cowboys Bears probably is not You know you as much as the Bears look good this week. I, You'd still expect the Cowboys to win that. Yeah, there's 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 decent games. There Vikings Cardinals. I think that's that's yep. a sneaky sneaky one that the Cardinals could give them some problems.
3: It's a sneaky one that could be a massive high scoring game. C- can I just make a very important service announcement? Yes. In that this is the weekend where the clocks change. The games are going to be on at five o'clock. They're going to be an hour earlier. Now so make sure imp- you tune in correctly.
0: Important point about that is this is it this year that America are no longer changing their clocks,
1: though. Oh, So like it's
0: either this year or next year, they don't change. And it Mm. means that... So it's it's either they don't change it now or they don't move it when it flips um, in the summer. And it means that we either get the first half of the season or the second half of the season, 5 p.m. kickoffs, forevermore. Because most of America, outside of maybe like one place in America, they're not doing daylight savings anymore.
1: Did it definitely pass. Uh, That's one that we'll look at offline and we'll come back next week and let you know, because I'd remember it being the Sunshine Protection Act, I think is what it's known as. Um, uh, Permanent start in 2023. So this year
0: is as normal and that changes next year. The Senate did approve it though. So it is happening.
1: So last week when we said about eight o'clock Um, Thanksgiving game on a Friday that'll actually be a 7 o'clock yes even better
0: oh my god I'm I'm going to the pub for that one
1: (laughs) if we've got this the right way round that they're not that they'll move forward in well
0: but but they never they never move the other way
1: so so they'll move forward in March but then next October but but then
0: they'll never but then they'll they'll never never go back
1: yeah fine excellent Happy days. There you go. Well, th- th- you just <laughs> sat and listened to us work through that. More <laughs> you know, quality but, content yeah, from the going You know, you know so
3: what's going <laughs> to happen, though? Scotland are going to become independent by 2023 and separate <laughs> from the UK and have different time zones. And it's going to make all of us just totally confused and never be able to work out when anything is ever on again. Um, I am delighted you
1: brought this up, though, Ian, because I am going to Wembley, uh, and I was planning on getting there. For half past twelve. Oh um, what have I done? So, oh no! I need to revisit that. I need to
3: revisit that. Uh, oh, how can I? How can I do that? The, the the listeners are going to be so disappointed that I, I missed the opportunity. Just shaft <laughs> you over so badly. <laughs> oh, oh, well. We haven't. Have we tweeted out the the audience reaction to Cameron at the weekend? Was that just a private video? <laughs> yeah, yeah it was I just don't private. think it's been tweeted. So Thank you out? Yet. Yeah, go, uh, Cameron, tweet it out so everybody can see it just to show how, <laughs> how loved you are. That was good. <laughs> it, that was anyway, re- that was revenge for being mean to Paul. <laughs> there you go.
0: I, this is a this is a week though, because of the quarterback changes and stuff like that, like Commander's Colts is Heineken against Sam Ellinger, which you know it's not it's not exactly the, the kind of barn burner that you'd hope for.
3: Jets-Patriots That's, is interesting yeah, I, I now. W- I was going to suggest that. that. That does look good, and it looks good because the Jets, are, they've been scrapping for what 20 years to try and get one over in the Patriots, and this looks like this might finally be the, the season where they could finish above them in the division. And it...
0: is, is anyone going to be brave enough, brave enough, though, to say that the Jets, if they really want to make the playoffs, should ditch Zach Wilson and go back to Joe Flacco?
1: I don't, well, they're I don't, winning with Wilson. so And they've just traded for James Robinson. So they could just hand him the ball. They, they,
0: they are winning in spite of Zach Wilson. His, <laughs> Sa, Sa, Sam Monson at, at PFF tweeted out a, a great stat um, of when he's under pressure. So under pressure this season, he's been under pressure, 42 dropbacks. He's attempted a pass in 31 of those. How many of those 31 passes do you think he's completed when he's been under pressure this year? That that was a prompting to guess, by the way.
1: Uh, how
0: many? How, how many uh, completions? So nine. he's attempted attempted 31 passes when he's been under pressure this year.
3: All right. Uh, okay.
0: Stephen, guess nine. Lower. My name's lower. Seven. So, I say, I, I, that's the third or fourth time that I've called you Stephen and said, Ian, I don't really know why I do it. <laughs> five. Seven. He's completed right. five, five of 31 passes under pressure. He's playing terribly if you get any pressure on
3: him. Listen, well. listen, Gordon, Paul knows exactly the reason why Wilson has been perf- uh, performing so badly. He knows he's got the inside scoop on Wilson's romantic life that's uh, affecting his playing performance this season. But we were told it in confidence, you only actually know exactly what uh, Zach Wilson did with somebody else's mother if you attended our live event last night.
2: Yeah, I'm not saying any more <laughs> on that on that situation. Uh, have we talked about the giant Seahawks? Is no, We've not. We not. not.
0: So on your return from the theater, tell us about Giant Seahawks. I,
2: I just think it's interesting, you know. I do if any if anybody's seen the American coverage on Fox, um, to preview the following week's game. They've got the team in a room sitting on a sofa. And you know Kevin Burkhart says something, and Greg Olson says something, and they're talking. Oh, San Francisco Rams—it's the best rivalry in the league, and all this. This might have been filmed weeks ago, you know, because they've got genetic droppings. Like, well, San Francisco have got that new addition, and you think, yeah, have you just been clipping it together? Anyway, that's going to be the main game across the country. Whereas I think New York Giants, Seattle Seahawks—I'd much rather watch that game. I think it's just interesting. Can the Seahawks continue to do what they've done? You're not coming off the back of a good win. The Giants had a really good win last week in a game I think they should have lost. You know, Can they take that momentum forward? Much more interesting than the 49ers against the Rams. Come on.
3: Agree? I, think, I, I think also the Commander's Colts is an interesting game as well because it's a that, that very much looks like a winner and you, you might be able to salvage your season, lose it, and no, that's it, you're done. Um, and it's kind of almost a playoff game for both of those sides. Is, is Frank Reich in trouble? Yeah, if they lose this game, realistically,
0: uh, a little bit. I think that I think everything in Indianapolis is in a bit dangerous Listen, of danger. The
3: Listen, they, they've already had they already had the owner stepping in and saying the quarterback doesn't play. That is a call that says Frank Reich is no longer in charge. He he's on a very very sugarly peg, to use a a, a Scottish um, slang term, um, there's probably a good chance that he won't be there at the end of the season. Anytime time an owner uh, undermines a coach like that is not a good sign.
1: No, and you look at the bounce-back ability that we've already talked about with the Panthers, and maybe that then makes them go, maybe we don't wait till the end of the season, let's just get rid of them now, let's see what this uh, team can do under new leadership and can we salvage our season? Because they're still not out of things right they're still very much in the mix one game back just on the Titans so that season's not over yet so it's a funny one uh the the division that's really interesting you know we we point and laughed at the NFC East a couple of seasons ago because they were utterly dire there is a scenario this weekend where all four teams in the NFC South end the weekend on three and five um, which is utterly wild. So, you know, the if the Buccaneers lose to the Raiders and the Panthers beat the Falcons, they're all tied. Just these a Saints win and three and five across the board. Mid, not even mid, just slightly below mid. Um, <laughs> it's, well, that was, NFC, slightly below mid.
0: I'm glad we finally got you using the word mid, tremendous. <laughs> on on that, what, what are your thoughts? If I don't even know... N- I don't even need to ask your thoughts because I know, well you're going to pick the Rams to beat the 49ers. Yes, Femwell. of
1: course. Yes, I'm a coward. Um, <laughs> and we're playing really poorly. So it's, there's just, yeah, there's there's issues there, right? Look, it's, sh- surely, though,
0: Christian McCaffrey makes you unbeatable. That was what you told us in the group chat. The that is not Fem- what I said in, in the fact, group chat. In fact, chat.
4: no, the best part
0: about this conversation for our listeners is that Cameron thinks this is a great trade for the 49ers, not for 2022, not for 2023, but 2024, he thinks it's a great trade. McCaffrey is going to be 28, 29 years old at that point. We'll have had a lot of carries that that's the point. You think this trade comes good for the 49ers?
1: I think that's the point. The Super Bowl comes good. I think that Christian McCaffrey will be a big part of that. Um, I just don't see us winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, I don't think he was the problem against the the Chiefs. He was not great, but there was other parts to that just really poor. The offensive line wasn't good. He, he didn't get protection. Um, but, you know, he's given up two safeties this season already. That's just poor. You know, um, Christian McCaffrey will be a big part of this. I think I'm excited to see because I've talked about it on this podcast before and got rightly shot down for it, right? If I could have gone back and redone our draft pick, I would have taken Christian McCaffrey because he's the player I love to watch. I think he's so exciting, so explosive. Um, uh, And it's a position that I feel the Niners have never had a truly exceptional player at over the last couple of years. Not since Frank Gore left have we had anybody... Raheem Mostert was the closest. Um, bar that injury, I think he would have probably continued to really develop in that team. Uh, and this is the first time we've gone back and got a player. Here's the thing. I know we've overspent. I know there's other things that are a bigger priority. That secondary is obscene. It's absolutely dire. Um, that needs addressed. We've given up a bunch of picks. However, I'm a fan and I'm a fan of watching him and I've talked about him coming. And if we weren't getting him, there's a good chance he was going to LA. So I'm, if, if that was the outcome and I, we've overpaid to make sure we're not facing him, fine. Do you know what? I'd rather have that than be up against him for the next couple of years because that's a dangerous factor in that Sean McVay team that takes them up a level. So there's a little bit there like, you know, spend more than your neighbor just to make sure that your neighbor's not got it over you. Um, I'm excited by it as a fan, but there's a lot there needs to be addressed uh, and how they're going to do it is going to take some creative work. Um, You know, I think that, again, people, people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. I'm not throwing stones at anyone for going and getting a player that they want. So be it, it may totally backfire. But right here, in this moment, on that morning where I woke up and found out he was a 49er, I was giddy with excitement. And it's the excitement potential that I am defending
2: you know I'm, I'm pleased for you if you're happy I mean I think you know, you can't tell who wins and loses trades straight off if you've you know well Gordon will be able to tell us because he'll get it right in a year's time so he'll be able to tell us <laughs> if McCaffrey's going to be years? any good you know, in, in a couple of years time it looks from the neutral point of view that, that you've overpaid but balance that out if you know if you get to the Super Bowl you've not overpaid you know it really is that simple it's it's all about what's to come, and you know we we you get these the instant reaction trade I think it's a bad trade personally. I think you've given up far too much um that's my opinion that you know you you were giddy when they announced his number
1: oh yeah, you know that's what? that's my number, so the fact he's playing twenty three I'm not committing to buying a top until I know that's permanently his number um but yeah, I'm excited. I'm, as a fan, just genuinely excited by it. Exciting yeah. player. What an what an offense there is there potentially. Very, very exciting. Um, quarterback's a big old question. Secondary's a mess. There's some people that need to get paid at some point soon. How are we going to deal with that? Lots to sort. But yeah, I'm excited by it. Uh, how do we feel about the James Robinson to the Jets trade? That's the other one, uh, the position that's what, gone what did,
0: through. What did they give up for that?
1: Uh, I think it's a seventh round that could become a sixth. So it's really low. I yeah, mean, I was, there, I was shocked. There, there's yeah, no, I was shocked as well.
0: There's no difference. Uh, no, sorry, no difference. There's no... Um, this. No, I, I, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say that the Jets trade is far better than the 49ers trade. Yes,
1: that's I would agree. Really I think they've got a bargain. It. I can't believe they've got that player for so little. I don't quite get it. Like they, they obviously have just gone, oh, we've got Travis Etienne, so we don't need him anymore. Have him for nothing. Like Robinson has been really good as a running back. I can't I can't feel they couldn't have got better than that. It just it feels like a really, really low pick. So fair play to the Jets. And you know what they replaced their their running back. Uh, in Brees Hall, and in comes Robinson. So I think it's a really it's got, good pickup. It's got also a
3: ca- cap hit of about five hundred thousand dollars as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, something must have happened. Something must have happened behind the scenes, and the Jaguars have went. We don't want you at this. I, this I don't. Anymore. I
0: don't think it is though. I, I think the Jaguars know that uh Travis Etienne. Yes, Cameron. It's pronounced Etienne. Etienne, um, because it's the
1: French
0: is, place. He he uh, he has ran for like the second or third most yards in the NFL over the past two weeks. They drafted him in the first round a year ago. They're ready for him to be the running back. Get something for Robinson while he can.
1: Yeah, I just, I don't know. I kind of feel like they probably could have got more. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe the value has been so overinflated... Um, and maybe the, we've just got into a stupid bidding war with the Rams, where the ultimate winners of that uh, the Panthers.
3: Listen, why have the Rams not got? Why have the, he's, yeah. he's not that? He, he's a, an incredibly effective runner. He looks like he, play, he could play in the because because
0: cheap. there are there are teams in the NFL that over rely on where a running back was drafted. And that's why the 49ers have paid what they paid for McCaffrey because he was a first round running back. And that's why no one wants to pay anything for James Robinson because he was undrafted.
3: Yeah. But even I mean they bid they bid what a seventh? Can you not bid a sixth? Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's, it's not, too, I mean, it's, it's, it's too late. Ch-
0: too late. They'd already yeah. burned their second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth from next year on McCaffrey.
3: No, that's no, not uh, what he's he's I'm talking, no, talking about the Rams. The Rams, <laughs> yeah. I'm talking about the Rams. Oh, okay. This, Sorry. this is just a bargain. Sorry. But um I mean, I think the Eagles were meant to be interested in McCaffrey. The rumour was they bid a third. So why did the Eagles chase after James Robinson as well? That's traditionally what the Eagles have done when they've been on what they think is a Super Bowl run. They've brought somebody else in to um, uh, refresh the roster and increase the charge. But I like like James Robinson. I think he's excellent. Um, And if the, the Jets may very well reap the benefits of that. Two years down the line, we'll look back and say, yeah, Robinson was a better trade than Yeah, Quite
1: possible.
3: Quite possible. Incidentally, I did get it slightly wrong. It's a
1: conditional sixth. It's a conditional sixth for 2023 that can turn into a fifth if he gets over 600 yards this season. However, which you probably, well, the only thing that you'd maybe question there is, do the Jets see how it pans out and just lean on Michael Carter? Because Michael (laughs) Carter's shown at times that he's capable as a running back. Right, like
3: Hall wasn't doing all the running, so Hall Hall only had four carries last week, but all all four of them were like stupendous. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) so there you go.
1: Um, okay, lots to look forward to, lots to talk about. Paul, before you came on, um, or came back, the the chat was uh, around Wembley. Are you remembering that the clocks go? Uh, fall back this weekend, so it's earlier than we would normally be watching it.
2: Yeah, I'm eternally grateful to British Airways who moved the 7.40 flight that I was booked on to the 6.10 flight because they've cancelled the 7.40 flight.
1: Uh, I'm really looking forward to being at Edinburgh Airport at five in the morning. That's fine because five in the morning is actually six in the morning because of the clock change, so you're fine. It's it's not as bad as it could. You're no worse than you were because you thought anyway. Also, yeah, your
0: your original flight was seven forty. It's not like it was like ten forty, and you're now being forced to get up to you. It's a difference of an hour and a half when the clocks exactly. are changing. You're a exactly. miserable. You're a miserable <laughs> cretin. Sometimes you're not happy unless you've got someone to complain. Hey, about. look, look. I I really
2: take offence at the word cretin. Miserable is absolutely fine. Okay. Um, so, yes, he's never no, he's I... never even visited Crete. <laughs> Is that, is that where folk from Corf- Corfu come from? I get confused. Anyway, I'm looking forward. You know what? I watched both games on Sunday. I watched the Jets, um, you know, play play Denver, and I, and I you know, I watched these two games, thinking one of these teams has got to win. You know, I watched the Jags carefully, watching for what they were trying to do. I was actually quite encouraged by some of the stuff that the Jags the Jags were doing. They look like that they could be a competent team. They've got a really good coach. One of the things that, that Hollis mentioned, he's clearing out the players that he doesn't want. There. He's trying to change that culture. I just think there was a massive difference if they'd beaten the Giants to come in three and four, the chance to level your record up in London to beat a Denver team who, goodness, knows what they're doing at the moment. Um with them both losing, both going to two and five, I think it's, it's a slight downer. Um, I mean, that won't stop the crowd from enjoying it. it won't stop people, you know, going to enjoy it. And I'm certainly going to enjoy it. It just, it would have just given a little bit more of an edge if they'd been coming in off the back of a couple of wins, which would have been nice. The big question is, do I wear my Jags Tim Tebow jersey or do I wear my Saints jersey? And the reason I say that is I don't want to be mistaken for one of these Jags fans that wears these Union Jack suits with a Union Jack bowler hat. I don't want to be put in that category of supporters. That's the slight concern about wearing the Jacksonville Jags jersey.
0: Surely surely if you wear a Tim Tebow jersey, they're not going to confuse you for someone that wears a Union Jack bowler hat. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, it, I, I, mean, just the you
2: I just don't want to be classed in that, in that jumping on the the British teams bandwagon, you know, so it'll be interesting. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to You guys know that I prefer going to Wembley over Tottenham, although Tottenham looks just stunning on the telly and the two games we've had have looked tremendous. Um, can 't wait can't wait to get back listen, to an NFL
3: listen again. i'm I'm worried I am seriously worried for the people that organize london games because this I mean it it looks on paper to be a stinker I don't think Wembley's conducive for a good atmosphere I think there's a good chance the crowd might be flat because you're not going to see the superstars you would expect and and so many fans are neutral they're not. Uh, the usual kind of rabid fans that you get if it's a home in the game. But then right after it is the game in Germany, and the game in Germany is going to be absolutely nuts. It's going to be on Arrowhead, CenturyLink Park levels of noise, and I think the NFL is going to notice it, and they're going to realise actually Germany is an incredibly viable fan experience for the NFL, and uh, they might end up cutting some of the London games if the fans don't produce a great app. It, I, mean, it's, I can understand it's not all their fault if it's a game like that coming over. But um, the NFL officials will take notice. If, if it's loud, that's all the, the commentators are going to talk about and it's going to get fed back. So uh, hopefully it's, it's not um, a, a cathedral of silence at Wembley on Sunday and it's a, a good game and the fans really get behind it. But it's it's definitely something to look out for.
1: Do you think the atmosphere would have been as pumping loud if the games were switched around? If we were getting Bucks Seahawks at Wembley and you were getting Jags Broncos in Germany, do you think that would be the same? Or I think so. I think the, Ger- the Germans were good nuts for anything because it's their first one.
2: Let's be honest. And when the the Bucks Seahawks was announced, did anybody expect that to be a game?
0: Well, but you people I mean? people still people still because remember though the original rumour was going to be Chiefs-Bucks. Yeah. And then it seemed to get switched once Brady announced he was coming back. Like, I think they didn't want to take Brady against Mahomes away from the US. But, you know, Bucks-Seahawks, it's Tom Brady. So people, even though he's not playing amazing just now, people still want to play.
1: And and it's now more relevant. I guess the point was it was going to be, yeah, go see Brady play a win. Now it's actually, ah, we might go see Brady get his ass handed to him by Geno Smith. Um, and I'm trying to think, is this the first time that the two of them have faced each other since they played in the MetLife in what, 2014? 2015? Um no. Oh Brady against the season. Brady against
3: Geno Smith. Uh, I think I think the only thing that probably. can save the atmosphere at Wembley on Sundays is if the camera just keeps panning to Paul sitting in the VIP area and the crowd will continually go nuts. That's the
0: bit. Paul, Paul, they're talking about how like all like the crowd and stuff like that. As if he's going to see them, he's just going to be sat in his wee comfy seat enjoying his snacks.
1: I actually have a front row seat in the middle tier, so I'm in a perfect position where I could drape a flag or banner. Over the the side and have it displayed on the telly because I would definitely appear in shot for some of the kicks because I'm behind the goals. Could
3: we not um, just ask? Could we just not ask your seating partner to drape you over the banner, uh, the barrier, <laughs> just for the entire game? Just... <laughs> no, because I'll have people going. Don't you know him? No, <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> Never no. um, heard of the boy. But I, I could put a. Ba- what, what would my banner say if we could pick? How about the word Smash? How about publicity, dear boy? Uh, I know, if the, the publicity is a good one, but I do wonder if you've got a good idea and you're listening to this podcast about what I could drapes. I'm thinking like, you know, going to the WWE wrestling, holding up a big sign, I could have a big flag. Um, what could I drapes? Let us know your thoughts at Scotland NFL on Twitter. Okay. Uh, We have been spraffing on for an awful long time. And I tried to have some kind of structure to this, but it kind of went out the window. Anyway, uh, only other pieces of news to talk about has been another trade. Uh, Raiders are trading uh, Jonathan Hankins to the Cowboys in exchange for, I think that's a sixth round pick to Vegas and a 24 seventh rounder going with Hankins to the Cowboys. Just letting you know that's happened. Um, Frank Clark is going to be suspended for two games for violation of the NFL's personal conduct policy, stemming from him pleading no contest, a pair of misdemeanor charges from a June 2021 incident for possession of a concealed firearm. Other than that, any other news that's tickling your fancy? Uh, The Titans have... Uh, released pictures of what their new stadium looks like. Mm-hmm. I saw someone liken it to the outside of the stadium to a a, a Top Golf, which, by the way, Top Golf is coming to Glasgow. St- I know, yeah, I've passed it a couple of times. It's I, I, magnificent night but... out. Oh, I've been I've been to Vegas. It's amazing. It's it's not going to be like the one in Vegas because um, the ones in Vegas had like massive screens at the end and that was showing sport and that. It's amazing, great night out where we'll, we will have a Stramash podcast night out top golf when it opens, um, we're definitely doing that. Well, I Brilliant. think we should get
2: Top Golf on as a sponsor because I've been to the couple in Florida; they are magnificent. They're great nights out. Looking at the stadium, I mean, they're trying to do it as as multi purpose as they can. Obviously, a football stadium, but they want to use it as a major venue. Check out the, the videos that they've put out. It looks interesting. I mean, what you've got to remember is sometimes what, what comes out is not what you necessarily get in the end. Um, but it looks an interesting concept, and they are trying. And it just shows the shelf life of stadiums these days getting a little bit shorter. You know, everybody's now trying to outdo each other. Everybody's trying to expect, you know, people want, you know, great Wi-Fi, great concessions, lots of space, et cetera, et cetera. And there's been some great stadiums built in the last few years, both NFL and MLB, that achieved
1: this. I thought it looked really unique and interesting from the outside. I feel like the images of the inside of the stadium make it look really quite vanilla Maybe that doesn't matter, right? As long as it's a great seating location and it has a great atmosphere. It just felt, I don't know.
3: See, part of me part of me longs to the kind of rustic stadiums of yore that we used to get in the SPFL, the bizarre little cricket pav- pavilion at Airdrie that's just like somebody's house at the side of the pitch or the fact that Albion Rovers is still a wooden rickety deft death trap stand there's kind of unique bits of character that endears you to the stadiums and you don't really get that as much with these new ones that are coming up But people reminisce about like the rfk stadium bouncing up and down when the fans got excited and it's it's obviously a safer experience now at the new games but kind of kind of lost the soul from a fan experience possibly
2: you know the in, the inside, I think, looks okay. It's obviously aimed at luxury boxes. You know, pr- the press seats
3: are there. Look, at you try, move. look, you try to pull scorn and luxury. So? Oh, aimed at luxury. <laughs> it's aimed at you, Paul. It's aimed exactly. at you, Mr. <laughs> VIP.
2: Absolutely, you you've got to cater for those markets now. You simply have to, but it, it does. It look, I think, it looks stunning from the inside. I, I get your point, Cameron, a little generic, but there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And just on the RFK Stadium, if you go onto YouTube and look up RFK Stadium, I'm trying to remember the name of the guy, it's it maybe Lee Breeze TV, you know, basically the guys who sneak into these places and film them to show what a state of disrepair they're in. Go and have a look at what the, I mean, RFK Stadium, for its history just looks pitiful right now. Mm-hmm. Such a shame. And remember, that's a space that, you know, potentially the commanders could go and use. Um, I, was, I was in
3: Washington. So, sorry, Paul, on you go, please, on you go. Yeah,
2: just to finish, I was in Washington a few years ago. I mean, they would love the team back in Washington, but the, the way all set up with local government and stuff, I think, would be really, really hard to achieve. Um, because there's just not the will, and certainly not while Dan Snyder's in charge, I think, would anybody in Washington try and make concessions to get them back.
3: When you speak to any developer, the major cost when you're developing any sort of structure is actually the purchase of the land. That is the major shell-out that you have, and it's mind-boggling to think that they've got... Because they've got the the Houston Stadium as well. I think they've got the old Hubert Hubert H. Um, Umprey, Methodome and... Uh, Minneapolis, that they still have those stadiums, there just crumbling, and you think that's that's re- that's retail space, it's land, it's, it's gold dust in other countries, but they just let it rot. It doesn't it's it cheaper. Wouldn't. It's cheaper to let it rot than That's, someone
1: buy it and demolish it the absolutely. Pontiac Silver is the one that I always think about the old yes, Lions yes. Stadium where the, because the roof's caved in and it's just been left yeah. it just, it's just the fact it's not even being used to my knowledge for a film or TV shows it, it feels like it's waiting to be used in a zombie apocalypse film of some sort it certainly looks like it. I mean there's there's no, certain they, they just use
3: Glasgow for zombie apocalypse <laughs> yeah. films
1: which is kind of an insult and I was going to say you maybe not struggle for places. In Detroit to, to film that anyway but um, you know it's- there, there, there was a movie that used a, a stadium that was closing though, I'm trying
2: to remember Was it Conair that crashed into a stadium, something like that I must I must check that out for next time I'm sure somebody used a stadium that was closing um, in a movie but if you do check out some of the stuff on YouTube, I mean if, if some of it's fascinating just to see how these places have, as you say, just rotted away
1: um, because it's cheaper than clearing it and um, very randomly because i've been looking at it there is a youtube video uh demolition fails to bring down former home of detroit lions the pontiac silver dome remains standing even after explosives were set off so
3: <laughs> uh, it wasn't the, uh, reason, it
1: was it. the Barry sanders uh, stadium <laughs> other than was when it, hollis was on him right but anyway sorry it was,
2: it was atlanta wasn't it that you know the camera set up for the the imploding of the stadium and the bus drew up alongside while the stadium was being blown up. I <laughs> ruined the whole shot that this poor TV crew uh, had. It was it was utterly brilliant, but yeah, so some of these stadiums just rot. And it, it's such a shame. Others get, get a little bit of redevelopment and reuse,
3: which is quite a nice. A lot of the times it's not private investment. A lot of the times it's public investment. It's the, the state that pays for these stadiums to be built and the, the other stadiums are just left rot. And that's what the whole argument in Buffalo is, because New York State won't shell out to the same levels that other states would for other stadiums. So Buffalo have one of the oldest most in disrepair stadiums in in the NFL and they can't get the funding to create a new one. perpetual rumours that they're going to move to Toronto as a result. Well, there you go. Right. (laughs) This podcast has gone
1: more off track than an Andy Dalton deep ball. So we'll wrap things up there. Um, Episode 207. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Please continue to share your thoughts on this in every single episode at Scotland NFL on social media
2: do check out all those channels and if you've got an idea for what Cameron should put on his banner and it's polite and able to go on a banner please get in touch we'd love to see that draping over Wembley on Sunday enjoy the games at the weekend enjoy your travels to Wembley if you go into the game and join us next week as we review all the action once more from Gordon from Cameron from Ian and myself bye for now
1: Also, just to add, if nobody sends any suggestions, I'm just going to get my arse out.